Thank you so much for joining us for another message from Sandhill Free Will Baptist Church in Sandusky, Ohio. This podcast you're about to enjoy was given live before the congregation at Sandhill. It is our desire as a church to live Christ to people while loving people to Christ. We pray that this podcast will invigorate and encourage your walk with Christ. It is our steadfast belief that we can still be unwavering in our faith if we hold fast to the absolute truth of God's mighty word. For more sermons like this, as well as additional content, please visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or visit our social media pages on YouTube or Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. We'll be reading out of the book of Titus. You can find your way there to chapter 1 of the book of Titus. I've been so encouraged by the church. Uh, just really have. I, I really love you guys, and uh, you guys have just. Um, I guess this really come into uh, sight through this virus. What what we have here as a church, and you guys have just uh, um, through everything we've had to get go through. We've uh, you guys have worshipped and stayed together and loved on each other and loved on the Lord and loved on me and uh, and uh, I I'm just so thankful for our church and and where we are at. But how many of you know that in, in 2020, the day we live in, with all of the craziness in our world and with all the craziness in the church, how many of you know it is really important that we get church right? Amen. It's really important we get church right, right? And, um, you know, we've said it, we've said it many times, but what we've always done or what we've always believed isn't nearly as important as what the Word of God says. Amen? And so I have read this, uh, the book of Titus, there's only three chapters, uh, but I've read this over and over and over and over this week, just just repetitively, and it seemed like every time I read it, it just became clearer and clearer and clearer to me uh, what the church is supposed to be. And what something that stands out as absolutely amazing to me, this book, this uh, was written 2,000 years ago, and... The plan is just as relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago. It, it, you know, you say, well, look at all the changes in the world. It doesn't matter. The plan still works, right? We don't need to change the plan. We just need to follow the plan. And But I think it's a really good plan. And uh, when I read the Scripture this morning, don't tune out on me. You're going to think, what a strange Scripture to read, and that has nothing to do with me, and I'm not interested in... And uh, uh, hang with me, all right? Uh, this is going to be for you. Everybody here, this is going to be for you. Uh, so <clears throat> that being said, let us just jump right into uh, the reading of God's Word. If you're able, if you're not able, um, perfectly fine to stay seated. But if you're able, let's honor God's Word by standing uh, His holy, uh, precious Word. Uh, Titus chapter 1, and I'd like to start reading the verse number 5. <clears throat> For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I have appointed thee. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly, for a bishop must be blameless As the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful words as he has been taught, 
that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayer. Let us pray. Father, how I thank you for the service this morning. How I thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, I pray that I would not uh, hinder what you want to say to your people. Speak to all of our hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. And amen. You can be seated. All right, so very excited. You say, preacher, pastor, why would you read the qualifications uh, for a bishop uh, this morning, right? Well, I'm going to try to give you a very different look at the qualifications here, uh, and I, I hope that it will really change everything for you. So I, I would like to ch- uh, challenge you with a couple of statements to start out with. I would like to challenge you this morning that how we look at these qualifications is going to determine the kind of church that we have. Okay, the the type of church we have is going to be uh, uh, based on how we understand these qualifications. And that may seem like a big statement, but I'm going to try and prove that to you in the message this morning. Also, this is really the point of the message. This how we look at these qualifications is going to determine how we look at the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ. You say, preacher, that has nothing to do with the gospel. I'm going to challenge you. We're looking at it wrong. We're looking at it wrong. And I I want to challenge you that those qualifications are going to determine what the gospel is. All right? So you say, preacher, those are big statements. And those are, I don't think you can uh, prove that out. Well, just stick with me. And this is something really dear to my heart. uh, But I want you to understand, very, very, very important, how we look at these qualifications is going to have a great deal to do with our new converts. You know, I don't know if everybody here realizes it, but we are extremely blessed here at Sand Hill. We we have a lot of uh, people that have have not been saved very long, new converts. And what I I fear that so many I've, and I've been saying it over and over and over, but what I fear so many don't understand, we have a lot of new converts right now in the church that don't know anything about God. They don't know. They weren't raised in church. They don't know about the Bible. They don't know about the gospel. They don't know about anything. And they, but they want to go to heaven, and they come to church. Now, I want you to stick with me because I, I want you to understand this. I'm going to try and use these qualifications to show you how we're going to help those new converts. All right. So I hope you're with me. I hope you pay attention. So let's go back to the storyline and let's just get some Bible. Always telling you guys preaching context this morning. I'm going to take the whole entire book, three chapters and put it all in context. Make sure we're getting this right. Make sure it lines up. And again, if we have interpreted this differently in the past, let us make sure we are doing it the way God wants it interpreted. So if you know your Bibles at all, uh, Paul goes on a missionary journey. He takes some people with him. They're sailing around uh, evangelizing the entire continent. And they're going everywhere, and they're they're in a boat, and they sail uh, uh, south of Crete. In the book of uh, Acts, it tells you about that. And it was just a little island in the Mediterranean Sea, and they they sail by there, and they and they dock there, they port uh, the ship there, and they go in, and they begin to preach. And they they begin to see people saved. They begin to see churches set up. They begin to see things happening. And now what's fascinating about that is, and I want you to just really think about this, what's fascinating about this, they went to a place where the gospel had not been. What kind of people did they have? People who hadn't been raised in church, didn't know anything about the gospel, didn't know anything about church, didn't know anything about anything, right? Ta-da! 2020, right? Are you following me? So now they're there, they're, they're preaching, they're setting up churches, people are getting saved, but how would you like to have, how would you like to have an entire church full of nothing but new converts? 
That's what they had. There wasn't nobody saying, I've been here 40 years. Nope. I've been here three months. How about you? Oh, I've been here two months, right? That, that was the church. That, that was what they had. So Paul realized this in his, in his journey around there, stopping by Crete, starting these churches. This is what he realized. These guys are not really exactly where they need to be in order to do what they need to do. So this is what Paul said. He said, Titus, I want you to stay behind. I'm going to keep on going and starting new churches, but I want you to stay behind and I want you to get things established here. I want you to take all these churches and all these new converts and all these Christians and I want you to get them where they're supposed to. Now, Titus, I've taught you how to, how the gospel is supposed to work. I've taught you what is right and wrong. You've heard me preach enough to know you know what's right. Now you tell other people about that. And you get to things established in truth. And it tells us clearly that in verse uh, number five that we read, he said, I, uh, the reason I left you in Crete is that you would, uh, that you would set in order those things that are wanting. So he's just simply saying, preach, pe- preach Titus, preach the truth to them, establish what is truth, it, get it settled so everyone will know this is the truth. Okay? But then he says these words, and still in verse number five, he says, and ordain elders in every city. Now that tells us a couple of things in that little phrase. In, in every city tells us that there were multiple churches. So we have an island and there are multiple churches in multiple different locations in this thing. And Titus is over all of them. So the Apostle Paul is an apostle of Jesus Christ. He gets a message from God. He gives that message to Titus and Timothy and Philemon and them. They are, if you will, they are his young preacher boys. He sends those young preacher boys out and those young preacher boys go to churches and they find men and they teach them what Paul taught them. And that's supposed to have continued on until this day. Right? And that, by the way, that's what we have right here in our hand. Right? This is what Paul taught is the New Testament. So he says, ordain elders in these churches. So you gotta understand, you have a congregation with no pastor, with no deacons, with no elders, and with no one who can say, I've been there forever and I know all, I know, I know everything. And Paul, and Paul said, Titus, it is your job to establish that church in truth and then set up leaders over them. Okay? Stick with me. This is gonna get good. The word ordain, if you look that word up, we, we get used to hearing ordained and, you know, we think about that as, as preachers that, but what that word literally means is, is to pick or to choose. That's what that, that word means. So, so it means I'm gonna, uh, is what he's saying is, Titus, pick out the men in the church who can lead the church. Are you guys, are you guys with me? Is this making sense? I, it's, it's boring right now. It's gonna get really exciting here in a second. Just, just hang with me. Alright? So, he says, as I have appointed these. So what he's saying is, you know the truth. He said, find those men, set them over the, the churches to lead them. And then he goes on to give this list of qualifications. Okay, you know, um, blameless and not self-willed, not a striker, lover of hospitality, not a lover of filthy lucre, all those different things that are there. He, he begins to set forth those. So I can hear Titus saying, okay, Paul, um, I'm over all these churches. I'm supposed to be finding men to run these churches. Who do I look for? Who do, who do I look? I've got a, I've got a whole big bunch of people here and none of them are, they're all new Christians and there, there's no one here that is, that is pastor material. And Paul, you're telling me I'm going to be leaving here and I need to set some people over the church to run the church. Who do I look for? Now here's where we want to change gears. A lot of people believe and I'm going to try and draw this all together for you, but a lot of people believe that this is like a list, a, a checklist. You know how sometimes 
Some of you like to have, maybe you get a clipboard and you have, you know, there's a, there's a list of things there and you just check them off as you go. I like doing that, don't you, Velvet? Oh, yeah. yeah, check it off. Check it off. Sometimes they say, well, I already know I did. It just feels good when I check it off, right? So we got a list here. You know, husband and one wife, check. Kids in order, check. Not self-will, check. So we, we, we're checking down this list and what we're saying is we have a list. Does he do our list? I'd like to present to you this morning, that's not, I don't believe that's at all how this is supposed to be understood. I don't believe that's at all how this is supposed to be interpreted. You say, preacher, what in the world do you think it means? Well, how about this explanation? How many of you believe that your pastor should be spirit-filled? How many know what that means? There's a good question. It means he climbs the pews. It means he cries and gets loud. It doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible. But I'm going to show you what it means to be spirit-filled. I think I can prove it. And and I believe that that is what Paul is saying. Remember in the book of uh, Acts, Acts chapter 6, there come a time when the the apostles had just gotten so busy, and and they said, "We're, we're so busy, we can't keep up, and we have these widows that are not being taken care of. And they said, you need to set some people over that. And who did they say to look out? Men that are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what we need as pastors. That's what we need as leaders is a pastor that is filled with the Spirit. Now, everybody would agree with that. Whether you're Pentecostal, whether you're Baptist, whether you're, you know, whatever your stripe is, everybody would say, yeah, we need a pastor who's Spirit-filled. But what does the Bible mean when it says a Spirit-filled man? Because that's what Paul is really telling him here. He's telling him, you find some men in that church that are Spirit-filled and put them in as the leaders. I'm going to try and show you something. I believe it will change the way we look at the gospel. I believe it will change the way we look at the church, and it will change the way we look at pastors. And, and I believe that it is biblically accurate. I believe that it is exactly dead-on accurate. And I, I, I would encourage you to uh, to follow closely along. And as I often say, if you don't agree with me, just study the Bible out and prove me wrong. I'd be glad to come back and apologize, okay? So, I believe what Paul is saying here is, here is how the gospel works. I titled the message, I don't think I gave you the title, but I titled the message, um, Gospel um, Qualifications. I believe this is a qualification for the gospel. Have we ever looked at it that way? Have we ever looked at it as a qualification for the gospel? So let me explain to you. I believe this is what Paul is saying. Okay, okay, uh, Titus, you go into town and you preach the truth. Now, if you look back at verse number one uh, in the same chapter, there it says, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of the elect. And then look what it says. He says, and, and, and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness. So he said, we're, we're going to acknowledge that we have the truth. And he said, and then if you drop down to verse number three, it says, but hath in due times, that means it wasn't known before, but now it is coming to pass, is manifested. That means made clear through what, people? The word through preaching. How did the people in Crete who knew nothing about God, how did they learn the truth? The preacher told them. Can I tell you that's how it's still supposed to work? How do people in 2020 who haven't been raised in church, who don't know the gospel, who don't know the truth, how do they know the truth? Often the preacher tells them. 
All right. Now that's God's plan. That, that, that is God's ordained way of doing it is that, God, that the preacher would preach it and, and the truth would be known because the truth are being manifest. And, and I always tell you guys, I have no authority except to preach this right here. When I preach this, I have authority. When I don't preach this, I have no authority. And so Paul is saying, the, here's how the gospel works. Preach the truth. Once the truth is known... Now we understand the truth. Now the Holy Spirit, this is really important, guys. Please tune in. Pay attention. Once we know the truth, the Holy Spirit then begins to change us and make us different. And we're not the same people we were before because we have learned the Bible and the Holy Spirit has changed who we are and we are now made a different person than what we were before. If you look at, uh, and, and I, I'm trying not to preach everything in this, uh, this whole entire book, but if you look at uh, chapter 3, keep your Bibles open, we're going to be in Titus all morning, uh, verse number 5. It says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. It isn't what we do, people. It isn't about us. It is about Jesus. But according to the mercy, he has saved us by the washing and regeneration. And listen to this. And the renewing of the Holy Ghost. What is church supposed to be? Church is supposed to be you come, you hear the word of God preach, you understand right and wrong. When you understand right and wrong, the Holy Spirit begins to work in you and you begin to become a different person. That is church. All right, you guys with me? This this is where it gets good. Ready? Here's what Paul said. You preach the truth, the Holy Spirit changes them, they become a different person. Find those guys and make them leaders. Does that make sense? Don't find the guy who's listening to the truth but bucking up against it. Don't find the guy whose life is not being transformed. Don't find the guy who knows the truth but won't do it. Don't find the guy who's always one to argue against truth. Find the guy you're preaching to who's listening to the truth and the Holy Spirit is making him a different person. Put him in charge of the church. Put him in charge of the church. And then others will follow him. That's the plan, people. That's the plan. See, a spirit-filled man is one who hears the word of God, takes the news heart, and the Holy Spirit begins to change him and make him different. He is a different person than he was before, and because of that, he is now qualified to lead the congregation. You say, preacher, how is that so different? Well, it, it is different. I want to try. I want to try and show you that. Uh, so, if you if you kind of followed my my line of thinking there, uh, we we are setting preachers in. We are setting in uh, leaders who are manifesting that the Holy Spirit is changing who they are, and it's it's a very scary thought, but. The congregation will follow the leader. It's a very scary thought. Can I tell you how scary it is sitting on my end? <laughs> That's a very scary thought. Now, there are no perfect preachers, amen? There are no perfect men. There is no, there are uh, no one you can point out and say, well, that guy just, he does everything right. That, that is not such a thing, okay? Everybody has flaws. Everybody does things they shouldn't do. But here's what you can find. You can find a man who fears God and is striving to allow the Holy Spirit to change him into what God wants him to be. Right? 
Are you guys with me? That, that's, what, that's what you want as your leader. And then what you're going to have is, then you're going to have a, a, the others in the congregation who, by the way, we don't have any past perfect pastors. We don't have any perfect people. There are no people who are sinless. I say that all the time, but every one of you manifests your flesh from time to time. Every one of you show that you're not righteous, that you still have sins. What we're looking for is, is that the pastor is led by the Spirit, which means the Holy Spirit is transforming him into what he wants to be. And then other people, people in the congregation are being transformed by the preaching of the word of God and the Holy Spirit working in their lives and then new converts come in and they hear the word of God and they're being transformed by the spirit that's church that's church and we look at these qualifications and we say well there's a checklist it's a list of things you got to do and uh, if you don't do them, you can't be a preacher. If you do them, if you do them, then you can be a preacher. And but I want to offer to you that I believe more accurately what Paul is saying is find the man among you that the Holy Spirit's working in his life in such a way that he is becoming different than he was before. That's the guy you want. And when he's becoming different, he'll help other people become different, and the church will be transformed. Because we'll understand. Here's what we'll understand, church. It's all about Him. It's not about us. It isn't what you can do. It isn't how good you are. Listen, I love the Sand Hill Church. I love you guys. I think you guys are awesome. I, I think we have the greatest people here. But it isn't about because you guys are good. It is because we have the Holy Spirit in us making us good. We're not good, but the Holy Spirit makes us good. Listen, you would not like me if you see me without the Holy Spirit. You would not like the person that I am. You would think, I don't want to be around here. I don't like him. He's rude. He's obnoxious. He's selfish. He's hateful. He's... But can I tell you, the Holy Spirit can make us something different than what we are. And when the pastor becomes that, then the congregation can become that. Then the new converse can become that. Then they can go out and get other new people. And that is how we have church. It is the Holy Spirit making us new. I want a spirit-filled church. Listen, that does not mean you live like the devil, you don't care about the Bible, you don't live right, but you get real excited, church. That means the Holy Spirit is changing you to be conformed to His likeness. That is the Holy Spirit. And that is what we need. So much talk about, well, we're running the Spirit out of the churches. Here's what I've noticed. A lot of those, those churches that want the Spirit in the church, they're as ungodly as they can be. They're not even close to living by the Bible. They just get real excited when they go to church. See, preacher, you shouldn't say that. Can I say I'm saying the truth? I'm saying the truth. The truth isn't how excited you get when you go to church. Wayne Key said it years ago, it isn't how excited you get when you go to church. It's how you live when your feet hit the ground. If you're hateful and mean and, and gossiping and, and running the church down and all these things all the time, but you shout hallelujah to come to church, you are not spirit-filled. You are out of the will of God. But if you are filled with the Spirit, you're going to start looking like Jesus. Amen? And that is what these qualifications are about. I don't have time to go through all the qualifications, uh, but, but if you'll study that list a little bit, we kind of get like to get hung up on the husband of one wife. But as we look at the remainder, and I could spend some time trying to show you that that falls under the same category. But if you look at the rest of those qualifications, we have things like being blameless and not self-willed and not angry and not given to wine, not a, not a fighter, not a striker, not, not filthy, all those different things, love or hospitality. Here's the thing about every one of those. Does anybody know anything about those qualifications? Does anybody know what those are? Those aren't outward things. Those are inward things. It isn't a, I do this, it is I am becoming this. 
I used to be self-willed, but the Holy Spirit has refrained me. I used to have a bad temper and get angry, but the Holy Spirit is changing me. I, I used to uh, just love to drink, but the Holy Spirit is changing me. I used to be kind of greedy of money, and I always thought about money, but the Holy Spirit is changing. Those are things that you can't just do. Those are things that the Spirit makes you. Is anybody with me? The Spirit makes you different than you are. He changes you from the inside. And if we get the gospel right and we get church right, that, that, that opens up the door for others to come in and get it right. But can I tell you, if, if we don't get the gospel right, we don't understand why we're even here, uh, then, then it makes it very difficult to have others come in and learn the thing. And can I just say to you, Christianity is not a list of do's and don'ts. It is the Holy Spirit opening your heart to the Word of God and changing who you are. I could take a lot of time, and I don't have time this morning, but I could take a lot of time. I could go around this congregation. It's so much fun being your guys' pastor. But I've, I've got to watch some of you. You know, uh, let me just say this. Not everybody who come into the church, not everybody that you see now that looks all pretty and pretty was always a good person. There's some bad people sitting there among us. I'm talking about people who are mean, hateful, get mad at you, wouldn't speak to you for a long time. People that would run the church down. People that would, I mean, I'm talking, but you know what we've seen? We've seen the Word of God and the Holy Spirit begin to change them and make them a pretty person. Can I tell you what's what church is supposed to be? It makes us different. There isn't a person sitting here, starting with your pastor, there isn't a person sitting here who didn't have some really big things the Holy Spirit had to overcome. You're, you're, you're too selfish. You're, you're too greedy. You, you, you have lust. You, uh, you, you uh, always think about yourself. You're always judgmental. You're, all these things, and the Holy Spirit has to work on us and make us the people that we are. So we're not looking at a bunch of people here this morning who are good. We're looking at a bunch of messed up people here who allowed the Holy Spirit to get a hold of them and change them and make them something different than they were before. And that is a spirit-filled church. And that is what God's plan is for us, is to be spirit-filled, meaning the Holy Spirit changes who we are. And if the Holy Spirit is not changing you, you're not spirit-filled. Amen? Let's do that again. If the Holy Spirit is not changing you, you're not spirit-filled. That is what it, that is what this is all about. That is what this is all about, is understanding how the gospel works. So, if you understand that, uh, that we try to lay it out, let me, let me try to, now we'll get down to the points. Uh, let me, uh, Josh says, you don't know how to do an outline that. You preach three quarters of your message and then you put the points in. Well, I can't help it. That's the way it goes. All right. So we're, we're getting, we're getting towards the end, but we're going to do the points now. All right. So I'd like to look at, uh, how some churches look at things, how some people look at the Bible, how some people look at these qualifications and in the air that there is in that. I believe this is the wrong way to look at the gospel. I believe it's the wrong way to look at church. But there are, point number one, qualifications as a duty. Qualifications as a duty. So some people would look at this and they would say, if you want to be a preacher, you have to do this and 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 this. And if you do all those things because it's your duty, we might let you be a preacher. And if you don't do those, you cannot be a preacher. Okay? That's how a lot of people think. Let's see how that transfers over into our Christianity. See, if the pastor is put in because he has a, a list of duties he has to do, qualifications he has to do, then it just makes sense that I'm going to say, okay, Brother Charles, now I'm the pastor, I have all these lists of things I got to do, you got a list you got to do. And you got to do this and this and this and this and this if you want to be a member of the Sand Hill Church. And if you don't do this and this and this and this and this, 
We don't even think you're saved. And if you don't do this and this and this and this and this, we're going to force you to do it. And if you don't do it, you can't be a part of our church. Does anybody see how that's not the gospel at all? That is not the gospel. That, that is not Christianity. I can't tell you what that is. That's a religion. It's really real close to a cult is what that really is. Uh, but that, that is not Christianity because Christianity never worked that way. Can you just imagine Paul going into Crete and saying, okay, boys, I got a list here and you guys got to do all these things I say or you can't be part of the church. It would have never, ever worked. And what a lot of people don't realize, what a lot of people don't realize, you know, I was raised in church all my life. I had Christian mom and dad. Uh, uh, all I've ever known all my life is church. But what a lot of people don't realize is we are living in a world where almost everybody now was not raised in church, did not have Christian upbringing, don't know anything about the Bible. You know what those people need? They need the Holy Spirit to change who they are. They don't need a list of rules. They don't need a list of do's and don'ts. They don't need to come in and say, well, if you're really saved, you'll do this and this and this and this and this and this. I'm trying not to rabbit trail too far, but let me just run down this rabbit trail just a little ways. That's how... In the olden days, as they said, it used to be. Do you know why that worked? Because the culture was different. I can remember a day, and some of you are still in this mindset. Can I just say we really need to change this mindset? But I can remember a day uh, that the, the, the whole culture understood right and wrong, okay? Christians didn't cuss. They understood that Christians didn't cuss. So if you come to the altar and you got saved and you ever said a bad word, well, he didn't get saved. That's not the world we're living in now. I've seen a whole lot of you Christian people say cuss words all the time, right? It's kind of a common phrase. Now, am I saying that's okay? Absolutely not. It's not okay. I'm saying we're living in a time where we need the Holy Spirit to convict us and change our language. Now, I, I say this with all the love in my heart. I say this just, I'm trying to prove a point here, okay? Don't get mad at me. I'm trying to prove a point. But some of our members in this church who I love dearly, numerous ones of them were saying, this is a good illustration, we're saying bad. They would. They walk right to me and start using cuss words, right? And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, that's all. Someone's been in church for ten years, use a cuss word, come right to me, just not, not even blush, and I just just use a big old cuss word to me. I'm like, what in the world? You know what? They, you know what they needed? They needed an understanding of what to say and what not to say. So I preached a message. On um, what is cu- what cuss words are and what cuss words are not. You know what the truth are? Some of those people who have on really, really nice clothes, who go to church, who look all polished up and who do things in church, they don't know any better. I preached a message and almost all of those bad words have went away. Do you know what that is? That is you understanding what the Bible says and the Holy Spirit showing you not to say it. Now, can I, can I, can I just rabbit trail one more time? I, I'm trying to, trying to get through this. Can I tell you that, oh my God, is just as bad as any swear word anyone can say? And some of you say that all the time. Oh my God! You just cussed. You just said a, you just took the Lord's name in vain. You cussed. Now, you can do that and be a good, you can do that inside a church house and call yourself a good Christian. But if someone outside a church says one of them words that we don't accept as a Christian, we want to throw them out of the church. Can I say, this ain't a checklist. This is the Holy Spirit convicting your heart so you will stop talking like you are talking and making you different than you are. So, you're a new convert. You have no idea. You've never been in church before a day in your life. You have no idea that it's even wrong. You've been in church for 10 years. You have no idea that's wrong. And after you know that it is wrong, you get that little tap on your shoulder and it says, you know you really shouldn't be saying that. And then you say, I'm going to submit to the Holy Spirit and I'm going to stop saying that. 
That's being spirit-filled. That, that, that's how it works. And that works that way with everything. So we think that the church is uh, about uh, um, uh, a list of do's and don'ts. So we think salvation is when they get saved, we just tell them, do this, 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 this. Don't lie, don't cuss, don't do this. And, and make all this your list. And, and, and that, listen, that's not being spirit-filled. That's not the Christian life. The Christian life is all of the Word of God being proclaimed clearly and truly and the Holy Spirit changing us to make us conform to the Word of God. That is a Holy Spirit's job, and that is a Spirit-filled church, and that is Christianity, and that is the Gospel. And anything besides that, Paul said in Galatians, if an angel or, or any other one would preach another Gospel, let him be cursed. There's one gospel. Jesus died for our sins. It's all about him. It isn't about us. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. It is learning the word of God and the Holy Spirit changing you into the person you're supposed to be. That is the gospel. That is church. That is what it's supposed to be. So if we have these qualifications as a list of do's and don'ts, what I'm trying to show you is if we hold these up to the preacher and we say this is a list that you have to do, that translates into now I have a list for all of you. To follow. Christianity is not a list. Christianity is the Word of God uh, coming alive in our lives. So, <clears throat> what does it produce? If we have a church, I know what I'm talking about here because I hear a lot of this. If we have a church that is built on do's and don'ts, we've got a list. You have to do, you have to do this list. If you're, if you're a Christian, you have to do this list. What does that produce? Let me tell you what it produces. We have this list. You've been saved for 40 years. Someone gets saved. You think they ought to be living like you're living. And they've only been saved for two weeks. They've only been saved for six months. They've only been saved for a year. And you think they got to live up to your list. And if they don't, they obviously aren't saved. Right? Anybody with me this morning? That, that's, that's, that's how church is. Okay? So here's what that produces. That takes a lot of people who are truly saved, and this is what they say, I can't do it. I can't do it. You've got this long list. I'm trying to just figure out what being saved means. And you've got this long list. And if I don't do every last thing on that list, I'm not a Christian. And can I tell you, church, we got to stop doing that. We, we gotta start, we've got to understand that people come in and they love Jesus. They want to go to heaven. The Holy Spirit is abiding in The Holy Spirit is correcting them. Let the Holy Spirit do its job. And they will change. If they're saved, they will change. But we think, well, they need to do everything just the way I'm doing it. They need to do everything the way I've always done it. And this is that is not the way it works. And can I just tell you that if you were in Crete back then when Paul was a state of church, how many of you think Paul probably knew what he was doing? Okay, Paul probably knew what he was doing, right? He said, Gary, you don't have a clue. Well, maybe I don't, but Paul did. So Paul's established this church, and he has a whole bunch of people who have never been in church before. He didn't go in and say, I got a long list. I got 27 things you have to do if you're a Christian. You know what he said? He said, Titus, preach the word of God and let the word of God clean them up. And if they're truly saved, the Holy Spirit will begin to clean them up and make them different. I don't have time to read it. We don't have time to go into it. If you go over to the third chapter, it talks, and then this has became so clear to me as I read this, this has become so clear to me. Just think about how profound this is, how profound God is. Just think about how good this is. Paul said, Titus, you go in there, you preach the word of God, you allow the Holy Spirit to clean them up. And he said this, he said, any man that is, that is a, that will not listen to you after the second admonition, just regard him as a heretic. You know what Paul is saying it's going to become evident who's saved and who's not saved not because they didn't keep your list but because the preaching of the word of god did not change them and the holy spirit is not conforming them pretty soon you're going to know they're not saved why because they're not being transformed by the spirit they're not saved 
If you're truly saved, the Spirit's going to change you. But can I tell everybody here how fast it changes you is God's business? Can I say that again? How fast it changes you is God's business? Well, they've been here six months. They ought to be doing everything I'm doing. No. Wouldn't you like to back a few Christians up about 40 years and see how they lived? I mean, some of you that are so self-righteous and so judgmental, if you just back up about 40 years and look at how you lived, we got people that are coming in genuinely wanting to find Jesus, and they need us to understand the Holy Spirit will... Listen, if you come to this church and you hear the Word of God preached and the Holy Spirit deals with you, we're going to know if you're a Christian or not because you're going to change. If you don't change, we're going to know you didn't get saved. If you do change, then we've got to let God make, make the changes. And God is changing a lot of people in this church, and he's changed a lot of you that are here. So God, this, this thing works. So, so we, we, it produces, um, I can't live that. And the other thing, so we have those people who they'll hear this list, and they'll say, I just can't live up to that. I, I think I'll just go back out into the world. You know what else you get? So we have a list. Okay, we've got 27 things on this list. We have those who say, I can't live that way. You know what else we have? I checked every box, and I'm better than everybody else. And it's not that hard. Right? Not that hard to keep all 27 things. I do it all the time. And you are not very good because you don't keep the list. Can you tell you, that's not Christianity. That's not the gospel. That is not church. That is not what we want here at Sand Hill. What we want here at Sand Hill is, this is the Word of God. The Holy Spirit's going to change you. And we're, we're going to let the Holy Spirit do the transforming and not us. That's church, people. That is church. That is what it is supposed to be. So let's look at uh, point number two, qualifications of, a spirit, of being spirit-filled. Qualifications of being spirit-filled. I've already said it. As we look at this list here that Paul said, when a man is hearing the word of God, you read this whole entire book, and, and he lays out how a, wife, how a woman is to act, and how a man is to act, and how servants are to act, and how you're supposed to treat the government, and all these different things. He lays out all these things. And what Paul's saying is when a man is hearing the word of God and he's being transformed by that, he's being spirit-filled, then that's the man you want leading the church. So if we, if we apply that to the preacher, then we apply it to the congregation. So if the preacher is the one who is not perfect, but he is allowing the Holy Spirit to change him, then... That, that leads to that the congregation is not perfect either, but they're allowing the Holy Spirit to change them. And now we have the gospel that means that when you get saved, we don't expect you to be perfect, we don't expect you to do everything right, but we do expect the Holy Spirit to be working in you, making you different than what you are right now. And that is church. That is the gospel. That is the plan that, that God has for us. <clears throat> and lastly, if you can see uh, the picture that I've drawn you this morning... Qualifications impact the congregation. The qualifications impact the congregation. So first of all, we had that, you know, these these qualifications are just a duty that we have to keep. Then we have that it's spirit-filled. The spirit comes in and changes us. And now I want you to understand how this impacts the congregation. So if you have a man who is the pastor, the bishop, and he is not perfect, but he is taking the word of God and allowing it to change him, and the Holy Spirit is making him different than he was before, and he is the leader, now he sets an example, he sets a pattern that the other people can follow. Now you are to hear the word of God, and you are to allow the Holy Spirit to change you. Now new converts come in, and now they can follow the other members in the church by hearing the word of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to conform them. And as we move down the road, we're all getting closer to Jesus. 
right? Now, that's the plan. That, that's how it impacts the congregation. That's how it impacts the gospel. When someone comes down and gets saved this morning, someone comes to this altar and they get saved, we don't need to get up and say, okay, next week I expect you to be living just like brother so-and-so. No, you know what we need to say? Come to church, hear the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will clean you up, and you'll understand how you should be living right or wrong. Can I just make this statement? Some of you don't trust the Holy Spirit. Some of you think it's your job to be the Holy Spirit. How about if we let God do it? Here's what the Bible tells me. Anyone who says they're a Christian has the Holy Spirit. You cannot be saved without having the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit's dwelling in you, I think He's going to clean you up and show you what's wrong. And if you've been around church any time at all, you know the problems we get into when we try and start being the Holy Spirit ourselves. <laughs> it, it does not work out well. All right. Uh, so last, last point I want to make on this, and then we'll, we'll bring this thing in. I want you to imagine. Again, we have a we have a we have people who have not been in church, not been raised in church, don't know anything about church. And they hear, I'm going to go to hell if I don't accept Jesus as my Savior. I don't want to go to hell. So they accept Jesus as their Savior. Now, if they go to a church where it is duty, then, then, they, then they go back to work, they go back to their friends, they go back to the, to the, to the sinners that they hang around with because they just knew they got saved and most of their friends are sinners. And they go back to their, their friends and this is what they say. Yeah, I, was at church. I went to this church and, and they told me if I don't accept Jesus Christ as my Savior, I'm going to die and go to hell. So I went and accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior and now I've got a long list of things I have to do and a long list of things I can't do. And now that's my new life. I have to do this list of do's and don'ts. How many think that the people at work are going to say, I want some of that. I want some, I want to go to that church. Can I go to that church where they give me a long list of things I got to do if I want to go to heaven? Listen, that's not how it works. But I want you to imagine this. I want you, I'm being serious. I want you guys to imagine this. I want you to imagine someone gets saved. They say, I went to church and they told me if I don't accept Jesus Christ as my savior, I'm going to go to hell. And they say, oh, yeah, what did you do? I, I got saved. You got saved. They no way. You, you, no way. You got saved. Yeah, I got saved. Well, now what? Well, it's a funny thing. When I do something wrong, someone tells me that I'm, I need to change. It's like I've got this little voice that follows me everywhere I go, correcting the things that I do. And I've been going for a few weeks now. I've been going for a few months. And I, don't, I can't really explain it to you guys. But Now, he's talking to a bunch of sinners. I can't really explain it to you guys, but I'm not like I used to be. I'm different. I want to go to church. I enjoy worshiping God. The Bible's fun. I want to do what it says. And the people at work are like, how is that possible? That can't be church. Church is supposed to be boring and dull and a list of rules and nobody wants to be there. And it's, you know, it's not. Church is supposed to be alive and fun and vibrant and you can't wait to get there. And the word of God encourages you and challenges you and lifts you up and you want to get closer to God. That is church. And that new convert can testify to their friends. If you would try it, it would make you a brand new person, not because of a list of do's and don'ts, but because God comes inside of you and makes you different than what you are. And that's what we need at Sand Hill Church. We need a gospel that is spirit-filled that changes people's lives. Amen. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you have been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together enliven each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, join us each Sunday at 11 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. 
You can also find additional content and programming provided by Sand Hill for spiritual growth of all ages by visiting our website at www.sandhillfwb.com.